What is going on? This is Michael Hacker with the Hacker Outdoors podcast. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different here today. I'm flying solo on this Friday, June 25th. I want to give you a quick recap um, on a recent outing. I'm going to post some videos and whatnot to my Instagram page and Facebook page. So if you are listening to this today, head over there. I got out on a party boat yesterday, and I know those of you who listen listen to me quite frequently, you hear Joe and I make fun of party boats and kind of the audacity of it all. Headed out there shoulder to shoulder on this boat with about another 30 to 40 people uh, headed to a spot, just literally catching and killing everything along the way. Um, and I was invited to do so by a buddy of mine and his friend who wanted to go and do this. So. Uh, Here in Jersey, the end of June, it is starting to get warm. It was about 78 yesterday, which was a beautiful day on the water. Uh, But for the most part, the blues and the big striped bass have moved out to sea, have moved up to the New England area, which I will be at some point this summer. And we are left with just fluking or flounder fishing. I think they're called summer flounder. Always kind of catches me off guard, the two different terminologies there. Um, so, you know, I haven't been on a, on a party boat in probably 20 years, right? Maybe even longer than that. I believe I was somewhat of a kid at that time. Uh, we went for weak fish, uh, and fish pretty much right under the Verrazano bridge for that, getting passed by these massive mega tankers coming out of New York Harbor and Nork Harbor. Um, so when I was invited, I was a little apprehensive at first, right? Um, you know, it's not really my philosophy to go out there and, and be shoulder to shoulder with other individuals. This is why I avoid opening day on trout season. Um, this is why I, you know, prefer surf fishing, the solitude of fly fishing up in the woods or, you know, on lakes. <clears throat> and I, I said, you know what, let's, let's do it. Um, I'm game, right? 70 bucks, 70 bucks. I got some time off from work. I'll go spend some time with some friends, hang out on a boat. You know, how bad could it be right at the end of the day? So departed out of Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey, which is on the mainland side of Sandy Hook. So uh, for those of you who are unaware with the geography of New Jersey, Sandy Hook, New Jersey is part of Gateway National Park, or Gateway National Recreation Area rather, um, which expands from Sandy Hook, New Jersey, across the bay there to Brooklyn, New York. So there's a part of it over on Brooklyn side of the um, bay as well. And this whole Great Bay area, this um, Raritan Bay area, is comprised of a confluence of the Shrewsbury River, you have the um, Sandy Hook Bay, you have the Raritan River, you have the Arthur Kill, which separates Staten Island from New Jersey, so pretty close proximity from New Jersey to New York. Um, You have the Hudson River, you have Nork Bay, you have the East River, and then of course all those ancillary rivers, streams, and everything else that meet into them. Um, So this area all combines and then heads right out into the Atlantic Ocean um, from one of the most densely populated areas in the United States of America. So um, this place is a hot spot for activity when it comes to any type of aquatic life. Um, We have 
<laughs> some pretty great spots there to fish from. Um, the Raritan Bay is known for, you know, obviously striper fishing. Uh, it's known for summer fluke fishing. Uh, it's known for uh, going for blues, right? Bluefish, uh, among other things. Like I said, f- weak fish and, and other species as well. Uh, it has been poisoned pretty poorly over the years. There was a, a lot of issues with um, trash being you know thrown into the river there out of new york city uh pollution uh, of course is always an issue when it comes to the ocean uh and the rivers the lakes and everything else that we deal with so an unfortunate side effect but this whole area has been booming with life um we departed from the dock at about 8 a.m from atlantic highlands and headed out on this uh undisclosed ship and there must have been about 40 people on this ship and 80 bucks, you know, got you $70 worth of being out on the boat from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then $5, I believe, was for boat for your uh, boat rod and real rental if you needed it. I I rented. I figured that was the easiest thing to do. Um, I wasn't going to bring my my shore casting rod or one of my bass rods or something like that that I normally do bring with me when I go shore fishing. Um, and we'll get to that in a moment. And another $5 for pool. So if you catch the largest fish, you could potentially win a couple hundred dollars if everyone on the, on the boat, you know, puts in on this. So we head out. We start hitting a couple different spots there in the Raritan Bay. And along the way, you're just passing these massive, massive boils of bunker hitting the surface absolutely everywhere. It was pretty cool to watch, um, especially after seeing all the dead fish earlier this season down uh, on the Shrewsbury River. Um, that was just some massive kill that had happened and all the bunker were washing ashore, just causing all sorts of problems. Um, as you could imagine, uh, I was afraid that that was going to cause some sort of fishery issue throughout the year. But, uh, you know, just a month and a half, two months later, seeing these bunker in, in the Raritan Bay was definitely a positive sign. I, I don't think that the bacteria or whatever it is that had caused that made its way into the bay. Um, so we passed that and along the way we started seeing massive blues leaping out of the water, attacking these bunker fish, which were freaking awesome to see. Um, most of the blues and most of the stripers, especially the schoolies, the, you know, the big migratory fish have, have left the area. Um, they've headed north for the winter to, you know, enjoy the cooler waters of New England and quite honestly, who can blame them? So, uh, we head out to the first spot and, you know, we drop, drop our weights. They had a uh, eight ounce weights on, I think is what they were doing on the fluke rig. And you, you get it down there. You're just jigging along with, uh, you know, dead minnows and, you know, jigging, jigging, jigging and nothing. And then all of a sudden you feel something and, uh, you realize that you're tangled with about six other guys because you have you know, 30, 40 other guys on the boat with you and your lines are all just kind of dragging in the current as the boat is moving. And, you know, obviously the current, the water is moving. Um, so you, you have to reel everything up, untangle yourself, maybe replace your bait and get everything back out into the water. Um, so that happened probably a good dozen or so times. Um, if you do do a party boat, 
you know, it, it's a great opportunity for you to enjoy the waters of your local area uh, for pretty low cost, right? Uh, the guys that we met, these older gentlemen that were towards the front of the boat, they got there at about 6 a.m. Um, to leave at, at 8, that should tell you a lot, right? The boat is, the front of the boat is the most coveted spot, right? Because not as many people can be up there. You have a lot more room to fish. They were crushing it. I mean, these guys caught some of the largest fluke of the day. Um, they were using bass rods. And I turned to my buddy Mark and I said, I said, Mark, I go, what the heck, man? I should have just brought my bass rod. This would have been fantastic. They literally just had their freshwater bass rods set up. They had a, like, I think it was a 20 pound leader on there, right? And they had a jig head and some pink gulp on there. And they were just jigging away. Some of the guys had a teaser. Well, most of them didn't, um, and they're jigging away, catching things left and right, left and right. And here we are using some poor dead fish, jigging along, and for about three hours of the trip, none of us caught anything. Um, so we wound up with the day between the three of us, uh, me and my buddy and his buddy, caught I caught a skate, caught dogfish, which is a small shark, and then uh, my buddy and his friend both caught really small fluke um and actually the guy to the right of me caught probably the smallest fluke i've ever seen in my life if you've ever watched my uh instagram videos i caught probably the smallest bass i've ever seen in my entire life last year this was about that size for an ocean fish so i hope that little guy made it back to the bottom of the ocean and or bottom of the bay rather and isn't you know going to be growing and making his way back uh this way sometime next year so maybe we can catch him um, so I, I think all in all, it's definitely unwarranted to say that, you know, th these party boats don't have a place, right? Uh, they definitely do. Like I said, 80 bucks for, for, you know, majority of the day out on the water is a uh, money well spent. If you're okay with being shoulder to shoulder or elbow to elbow with other fishermen and women, um, I gotta be honest, I, I, probably won't go out of my way to do it again. I'm looking to book a private charter sometime in the fall for some, for some striped bass fishing, uh, striped bass fly fishing, I should say. Um, and it is an expensive venture for sure. I'm hoping to get a few people on that ship and, you know, just fly fish. But um, I'm intrigued to kind of see what happens. I was expecting us to get out on the water and there's at, at this port in Atlantic Highlands, I think there's five or six different charter boats or party boats that are all docked next to each other. They were all filled to the brim, just like ours. And I was expecting us all to kind of follow each other out into the water and, and find this, you know, spot that the fluke were at and everyone's just casting into them, just like I saw in some, you know, early season and then even late season, uh, striped bass season fishing. Um, cause you know, they see these, the bunker running or whatever running and the striped bass just hitting them on the surface and out of nowhere, there's, you know, massive amounts of seagulls and birds are descending upon this pot of fish because they want to eat it as well. And all these captains see that happening and they say, oh my gosh, we got to give, you know, these people that are paying us these $80 or whatever for the day, we got to give them the best opportunity to catch fish. So they descend on that small pod of animals or fish from all over this Raritan Bay. And you could see for miles when you're in the bay. I mean, we were, 
at one spot right up by Staten Island and you could see you could see the tip of Sandy Hook, you could see the Atlantic Highlands, you could see Keensburg, you could see the Verrazano Bridge, which is the exit from New York Harbor into the Raritan Bay, which then you know goes into the Atlantic Ocean. You could see like I said, Coney Island, Brooklyn. Um, so you're on a ship out there and you're fishing a spot and you're not getting anything all of a sudden you see these seabirds roll in and start descending on a spot you are going to haul your butt over to that spot and begin casting and try and give your people the best opportunity to catch um fish and keepers right that's that's the end goal um our captain was good enough um we probably did about six or seven different spots along the raritan bay what he called his honey holes right uh, so all of us fishermen call it uh and you know a lot of people did catch but it was a slow day um it was great because i didn't have to paddle that you know i could imagine being out there in a kayak or a canoe and paddling around and, and dealing with that current um, getting beat up pretty badly um, or poorly um, mark actually told a story he said that he was he was out there last season on his kayak and he wasn't paying attention to the changing tide and the tide had switched and the current was so bad that he was unable to get back to where he launched and where he parked his car. So he had to actually couldn't get back around the hook, um, the tip of, of Sandy Hook and had to beach at Fisherman's Beach at the end there. It's called the Fisherman's Mile that takes you to the actual tip of Sandy Hook. And luckily he always keeps his... Uh, his wheels for his kayak and his kayak, regardless of where he is, right? And I had to drag his poor kayak and across this uh, this mile of sand back to the road and then walk about another mile and a half back to where he parked his car somewhere on Sandy Hook to his launching point. Um, so it's, you know, definitely one of those places you need to pay attention. You've got a lot of pleasure boaters out there, especially this time of year. Uh, as, as summer really starts to kick off, I think on the weekends, it's probably insanity out there. So, you know, you always want to be mindful of your surroundings, be mindful of the tides. Uh, he, he did also tell a story. One of his buddies that he kayaks fishes out there sometimes with was saying he was out there at night. And um, he said the bite was on fire. This was uh, last year around this time. He said the bite was absolute on fire, catching striped bass after striped bass and you know, almost every cast, he was catching something right off the tip there. And all of a sudden, the bite just turned completely off. And he's sitting out there in the darkness in the Raritan Bay off the tip of Sandy Hook, which must be incredibly cool to see, but also incredibly frightening, right? Because you have all this sea life. You have, you know, I, I've talked about this before. You have seals. You have, you know, all this fish, all the aquatic life that's there. And you are in, you know, shipping lanes, really. So you got to have lights on your boat. you got to have, you know, some sort of way to, you know, notify the Coast Guard if something happened, flares, whatever. So the bite turns off and he's sitting there and all of a sudden he hears, boom, boom. He's like, what the heck? Something's hitting his kayak. And he's like pitch dark out. So he puts his head, he's got a headlamp on his head. He's looking down in the water. He's like, what the heck was that? Right. Can't see anything. Water's entirely too dark to be seeing anything. Um, so he's like, he's freaking out now. Right. He's like, if I flip and something gets me, nothing's going to happen. Like, no, no one's ever going to find me. Like, this is it. Right. 
Oh, he's looking around, doesn't see anything. Here, here's again, he just boom, boom. And then all of a sudden, his kayak, the front end starts going up and is like straight up in the air. And he's like, what the heck? And he turns around and there's a seal on the back of his kayak hanging out, using him for a free ride. Um, so that's all I got today, guys. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this kind of short form podcast. I know I said I was going to have a buddy on this week. I had to bail, unfortunately, on Wednesday night, which is when we normally record. Uh, had to deal with some personal items that needed attention. Um, and he said he can do next week. So looking to record next week. I hope to have it up on Thursday. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed. Brian also wants to come back on. We're going to do a one-on-one. We're going to talk about him surfing uh, over at, I call it still Sanadu, but the American Dream um, scoot and surf down there. So he wants to give us a recap of what that was like. And of course, I'll keep you posted on my training for Tough Mudder. Uh, we're a few short weeks away from that. Uh, I've been lifting my weights quicker <laughs> than normal uh, for a little bit of cardio. I've uh, been getting my steps in. Uh, hope to do a little bit of paddling at some point in the next few days. But as always, thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Whatever platform you listen to it on, please leave us a comment. You can always leave us a voice message here on Anchor. Uh, we would love to hear from you. I do hear from time to time from people, uh, usually respond one-on-one there, but if you'd like it to be on the show or you would like to ask us a question about something, by all means, please do so. Again, have a great weekend. Take care.